Hi, my name is Alistair. Hi, my name is Kat. This is Ali Cat bringing you Bampot Production. Bampot Pod. Bringing you Bampot Pod. At Check at the Bampot Productions podcast at Bampot Pod on Twitter. It started off really well. Due to my lack of confidence, I flummoxed myself up. Yes, Ali, thank you for coming in and saving me. Questioning yourself. That was, what is that? There's a plane overhead. It oh, sounds shit. ridiculously low. It does actually. Where is that? I don't see it. Is it nose dives right into the room? <laughs> yeah, right. And it lands literally on the table. We're like, hmm. <laughs> so who's going to fix our roof now? Hmm. <laughs> okay, listeners. We are back after a long hiatus, and we've had one listener to our last pod. So thank you very much. So thank you, whoever that one person is, probably my sister or brother-in-law, <laughs> showing their support from afar in the north of England. Um, uh, and yeah, so what's on your mind today, Ali, in terms of news? News? I, you know, I haven't actually been following the news. I wonder, is, um, is Greg's have a, a click and collect thing now I think you do it with an app I'm not sure that's, that's and they cool. also have a gift card they do it you get the Greg's gift card just imagine giving someone a Greg's gift card it's actually a good show I mean I think like let's say you're a mother and you've got a son who's like a junkie and get his <laughs> life back on track or like a drug al- drug yeah drug user or yeah. like an alcoholic and you want to make sure that they get food and not <laughs> not drugs. Like he needs these sausage rolls. That's it. Going. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good way to. It's a good gift to give to someone that's um, you know struggling with with that kind of thing. Oh, when I was at uni and I was smoking, you know, a lot of cigarettes, and um, uh-huh. my mom would always give me um, a Tesco's gift card and cash because I couldn't spend it on cigarettes. I was like, that's a good show. It's a really but good could show. Could you have spent the cash on cigarettes? She because the she gift said card that, on it. She said that you said that she gave you a gift card in cash, but you could no have instead just, of cash. Instead oh, of cash. right. So yeah, of course yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. Oh, you could have bought nicotine with it. I'm not sure you could actually. I don't know if the the Tesco's vouchers work at the tobacconist section. I, they uh, might right, do, might but just be scanned. I never checked actually. I'm sure, that's a good point. Maybe I could have done. <laughs> She would have uh, gone to it. Actually, I think I got Iceland. I think I sort of asked for Iceland. It was in Iceland just down the road from me. And actually, they were Iceland. they had really good value. Um, the problem is, nowadays, nothing's good value. Everything's so expensive. There's no... Uh, like, even inflation. the cheap shops are... Yeah. Inflation. You come away thinking, man, this is... Well, a lot of... And winter's coming in. And because of the budget that's been released by Quarting trust is being hammered and she's been in the job for barely a month oh yeah and there's already her own MPs and her own party are just laying it on it was a really nice segue by the way so it might be heat or eat this winter and a lot of people I've heard where did you hear that heat or eat that's so good <laughs> heat or eat is not a common phrase I've never I heard, heard that it occasionally. before I like it and it's kind of linked to fuel poverty particularly yeah. in the UK with older people because mm-hmm. a lot of older people live off very little yep so, you know, it could be heat or eat, um, and this winter could be particularly cold, and a lot of people, their energy bills have doubled, if not tripled. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the government is kind of saying that they are going to plow a significant amount of money into that, into mm-hmm. supporting people and subsidising them with the energy. Um, the budget cuts, you know, there's tax cuts. They're freezing the corporation tax and uh, house sale transactions no they're not freezing house sales they're freezing 
property tax transaction and corporate tax, stamp duty and all that stuff. Yeah. So kind of just a lot of tax cuts, plowing money into the economy. Um, the Economist was saying a bit like Reganomics, which is the trickle-down effect. Yeah. Um, but they were also saying it's not going to work here. So I don't know. So anyway, the budget has not gone down a storm. I see um, today they're actually backtracking on it a little bit. Um, because of the backlash. Because of the backlash, yeah. Which is actually the worst thing I think you can do. I like I like politicians that stick to their guns. It doesn't really it show much confidence. Right, yeah, because, in what they were doing. It's like, you know, the backlash wasn't even that strong. Suddenly they're going back on if it. If they believed it was the right thing, they should have just stuck to it. It's like, Although yeah. I do think a number of financial organisations have... Um, like sat them down over the weekend yeah. in different groups and said, this isn't going to have the effect you think it's going to have. But, uh, do you know, who knows? It's funny, like, sometimes, you know, everyone gets, different groups get things wrong at different yeah. times. And sometimes the politicians do know what they're talking about. True. I mean, the thing is, though, um, when, when I first saw Trust, because yeah. I had actually not been keeping up to date with the media... When I first saw Truss, I was like, she looks like a worm. She doesn't look like she's any authority. <laughs> yeah. She just didn't seem authoritative. Mordant, you know, has the authoritative voice, the authoritative mm-hmm. stance. Yeah. And I've been proved right. She's been in the job for a little more than a month. Yeah. She's backtracking <laughs> because of a little bit of backlash. And her and she can't keep her own party in line. She's not a Thatcher. Uh, so she's I not, don't think no. this is a way to govern. She's. I suspect she's going to end up more like... A Theresa May. She's going to be not a Thatcher, but a May. Because May also, she couldn't keep her own party under control either. Yeah. You know? And to be honest, it's a difficult time for that as well. I yeah. Think, uh, I just think the party's lost it. It's, uh, the Conservatives have been in power for a while. Yeah. They don't really stand for much, I think, ideologically either. Like, I think with... The guy that brought the Brexit vote didn't really believe in it or have a vision for it. The party really struggled to get a, a kind of, you know, a, a vision together for what Brexit yeah. would mean. Um, I don't know what their vision is, actually. I mean, I know the basic ideology, unified. but I don't know what their vision is. This is it. Um, what actually is their vision? Or Because, like, Johnson didn't really have much of a vision. He seemed yeah. to be reactive to things. There's lots of different kind of groups in the Conservatives, but that was Theresa May was like, oh, Brexit means Brexit. It's like, come on. But what does that actually mean? Like how, yeah. Because, like, you need a definition in the exactly. first place. Exactly, yeah, like, obviously. Brexit means, yeah, <laughs> you know. But I actually don't know. I think the Conservatives have been, um, been quite fun recently. Fun-loving. Just not really caring much. Voting in who they want, picking the clearly worst leader. I don't know how Trust got it. Like, I know Morden is, like, she comes across as being quite strong, but I actually, like, I know she wouldn't be the most popular at the polls, but she would have had, like, a strong vision, which is kind of what, you know, well, not vision, but as you say, kind of kept the party in line, which is, yeah. turns out is actually what they need. Mordan seems quite authoritative, yeah. actually. Yep. But then I don't know what she would actually have been like if she got the PM job. Rishi Sunak, I think, would have been much better as well. Like, he yeah. has had a lot of experience, obviously, through COVID. And I think he was universally quite popular in different groups. Yeah. So could have taken them to the election. 
Um, I think it's probably a heavy dose of racism is what kept him out of the you know the members' votes. Um, I think also. I don't know how you can look at the wife's Shuna. because they had a lot of money. I don't remember I don't that know. being a big part of the debate though. Like I, I really don't. They had companies in Russia that was in the media. They and did. If you get that rich, there must be for sure stuff that's yeah. been going on like tax avoidance. So I don't know whether that held against him because that's not him or even his wife, but it's the wife's family. Mm, so he's yeah. linked to it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether that has a pull on it. Because there must have been a reason why he backed down when it came to trust. Actually, yeah, that yeah, might be so it, Yeah, so maybe the skeletons in the closet must have been a factor. Mm-hmm. Because if you marry into a family that's that wealthy, then they have a way of protecting the wealth. But equally, how do yeah. they earn it? Yeah. I, I mean, if you look at Trump, like Trump's legal woes just seem to be never-ending. Yeah. With the FBI raids and Mar-a-Lago... With the New York lawsuits More and inflation of these properties <laughs> yeah. and uh, fraud labor practices. So, like, there's definitely maybe unsavory means of gaining a lot of wealth, which I think played against him. But, yeah, trust doesn't seem to have really hit the ground running. No, no. Um, <laughs> no. But then I say, you know, she doesn't look like a woman that has much authority and she needs to get the party in line. Because the Tories are very good at backstabbing their own very quickly. Yeah. Unless they're kept in line, like what the thatch, like what the thatch did. Until she wasn't able to, and actually, yeah, until she of, wasn't, until she didn't yeah. have that authority. One of the great things about the Conservatives throughout the years is how smoothly they've been able to transition leaders out of office without mm-hmm. it becoming a big scandal. Like mm-hmm. very slow, like that's what they did with Thatcher. And then they kind of very slowly just walked in and just walked out the office before there could be any kind of big. You know, who are that? A same? bloodless coup, yeah, as they say. Yeah. Same with um, Theresa May. That was really painless. Yeah. And um, same and with uh, Johnson as well, yeah. yeah. It took a long time, but yeah. that wasn't, you know, massively I mean, damaging. Johnson was useless. Like, yeah. he had no vision. And he was, rea- like, I don't really... Yeah, I just don't think... I don't know. So, the budget's a disaster. Trust <laughs> yeah. is no authority. It's a mini Quarteng budget as well. is hapless. It's a mini it's yeah. not even the big budget, it's a mini one. Um, Quarteng is hapless and hopeless. It's just, the country's just gone from bad to worse. But, talking about from bad to worse, what about Ukraine? <laughs> That's going to absolutely hellish. Well, th- because, they're Because uh, Ukraine won Russia nuclear. No point. Oh, nuclear point. <laughs> Ukraine won Russia a big egg. Apart big from egg. the fact that Russia has nukes. Bunch of duck eggs. Bunch of duck eggs. I feel like throwing a bunch of eggs at Putin. But Problem is that the Ukraines have been on a, a roll for a few weeks now, kind of taking more and more towns. And every morning, like, I kind of check in on you know, Twitter and whatnot, and it looks like they've managed to push the line one town forward, one town forward. I guess the question is like, what about the Russian troops? How many they towns? Have any there? Uh, they're just absolutely. Oh, they're they just have to back up. And yeah, like, they're literally yeah. cannon fodder, and they're yeah, not even yeah. very good cannon That's fodder. It. They're just running away. Yeah, I'd like. They keep saying, "Oh, we're retreating to fortify new lines." <laughs> but they keep retreating, like so eventually. And the the problem is that, like, after the annexation, these are now this is you know quote unquote Russian territory. I guess the question is, how many quote unquote Russian towns does Ukraine get to take before um, Putin just goes ah it's time to go nuclear on this just test it with a small nuclear weapon if he goes even mini nuclear yeah. then 
then he will have lost it, then he yeah. will have gone mad. So he's gone from being bad to being mad yeah. if he does that, because it would be the end of him. Because his own people would need to get him out. Yeah. They would need to. Because are you going to tell me that the rest of the world could just let that happen? You'd kind of have to, though, wouldn't you? Like, do you want to... Because if Biden retaliates in kind, that would really end it. Not unless Biden administration retaliates in kind but is not nuclear it's indirect they said they were they said that actually they they said a few weeks ago that they would they would respond to a nuclear weapon being used in ukraine with um kind of massive they said there would be massive consequences for russia um but that's too broad but like they, does that they mean act, they so nuclear back because that would be a death sentence they said everyone. they would use they gave kind of some hints in public as to what they would do so they said right we're going to launch nuclear uh, it would be conventional strikes against Russian assets in Russia as well as outside so they said mm-hmm. NATO would actually attack um, Russian territory and their like kind of navies and stuff outside yeah. um, with conventional weapons not nuclear and um, and we've all seen how Russia's military stands up to this is it yeah no, <laughs> they've they kind of really floundered if they wanted to they'd be able to the question then would be would Russia retaliate with a massive nuclear launch it's like ah who knows but i think satellites and intelligence would tell the americans where the nukes are could they not they know where they are before probably not without using nuclear weapons that's kind of the thing as soon as you go attacking it what if they launch it what if you miss one and putin would really be finished then right i think it would be bad all around because because his own like people couldn't thank that anymore surely that would be the ultimate red line because the red line keeps on being moved in war but nuclear would be the finale like because the only time that the nukes were ever dropped was nagasaki and hiroshima and they just immediately went okay and like that was it and it was like japan was just cull like it was castrated and it never ever again tried international affairs because it was put so much in its place and i think putin is bad but he's not mad and i think he knows that (laughs) he's mad he's bad yeah i think he's a bad person see putin doesn't have a vision or morality he basically has power and he wants to create his own legacy and he thought ukraine was a soft target be because yeah. 2014 he thought oh, it's going to be a piss take but he underestimated the will of the ukrainians and i tell you another thing he also underestimated nato and their external help to a country that isn't part of nato bear in mind that ukraine now has speeded up its application so right yeah so the thing is though that i don't know what that actually means i think they should be admitted immediately <laughs> like i just think it should be like yeah just bang in there. But NATO really? probably has quims because if they get admitted, yeah. NATO's motto is an attack and one is attack and also then they would be forced to That's kind of the be point, more yeah. direct. Bear in mind a lot of countries maybe are supporting but not openly saying so. I actually read that um, Ukraine had taken NATO countries by surprise the other day when they announced they were going for fast tracking because... But did NATO agree to that? Or is no, that something no. that the Ukrainian administration... All of these, these statements are normally pre agreed beforehand between what everyone's going to say and how Zelensky it's going to must work. be desperate yeah like... Zelensky just came out and said we're going to uh, we're going to put in our application then and it's like fucking hell and actually the was it the secretary general who's the guy I can't remember the guy one of the guys from NATO actually came out and said uh, by the way this has to be agreed by everyone it's not active just because you know um, Zelensky signs it 
And to be clear, NATO is not involved in this conflict, which is kind of funny because it's all NATO weapons and intelligence the Ukrainians are using. However, technically they're not. And as you say, they don't want to be because they don't want to risk a nuclear war at the end of it. The problem is, is that Zelensky is absolutely right to want to fight to defend the territory of the country. I think Russia is actually perfectly right to worry about NATO building up on its border. Um, and NATO is perfectly right to want to stay out of it to a large extent. It's, I think the question is who breaks first here? Like what happens? Because um, with Western... I was actually surprised that Ukrainians were able to push this far in. Um, because I know they were given high-tech weaponry by the Americans but and all NATO allies, but normally you need to be highly trained to use these high-tech weapon mm -hmm. systems. Um, I was surprised that they were able to be so effective with them, so kind of quick after receiving them. Um, very surprised, actually, and I guess if they continue to get ammunition and uh, weapons from the West... I don't see any reason why they couldn't push into Russian territory if they wanted. I, I, you mean Russian territory that I was the land pre, grab? No, pre, no, even pre, like they could go for. Yeah. I, I saw there was a Russian TV show the other day when these like journalists are saying like you know they have the capacity to hit Moscow if they want. Mm -hmm. It was like some Russian debate show about it, and it's like they kind of do, yeah. Like if they want to, could Putin thank? the land that he's just basically grabbed being taken back from him though like I don't could know. he stand that egg on his face i don't know that's it you being kinda... such a big man they're not like really... could he like i don't they're not really in a position to fight to keep it and it's like their nuclear forces who even knows how good it is like one of the things about russia is that often people have always looked russia has always looked very intimidating from the outside but as soon as you peek behind the curtain it's like like in in during the Cold War, everyone thought they had... When the cold, when the Iron Curtain fell, people were amazed at how old the weapons they had in the early 90s were. They were like, holy shit, we're worried about this. They had nothing. Same, like, the last 10 years, everyone's been so worried about Russian disinformation and Russian, um, you know, in, uh, election meddling and stuff like that around the world. And, oh, God, they've got the best... They've got the best information campaigns ever. They can collapse societies with their brain, you know, their, um, their information warfare. And actually, in the build-up to the war in Ukraine, that completely collapsed. It was a complete shit show. They, do you remember, like, the Americans and Ukrainians were really saying, they were pr telling the world exactly what the Russians were going to do before they did it. So it's like, said, oh, yeah, there's going to be a false flag here. They're going to claim this. Gonna... And then when the Russians tried to do it, it's like, oh, you can't do it anymore because, like, they just undercut it. Like, it was... You look behind it and it's actually, it's not nearly as effective as you think. I wonder if the nuclear force is the same. Everyone says it's, like, the most powerful in the world. It's this and that. Just imagine if it's launched and, like, yeah. it's just a little blast and a few die. Although I shouldn't even say that. See, I'm trivializing no, right, no, death. Like, They're like, oh, come on, bring it on. What if they, like, what if Putin can't launch? What if their command and control systems aren't good enough? Like, what if he can't get the order? Because yeah, their army's them? shite. Yeah. What if, like, the order only gets to half the force? Like, okay, well, then you're fucked. What if, like, only half of those people launch it? What if some of these weapon systems actually don't launch? Which, you know, you would expect some percentage not to, like, but what if some of them don't go, like, properly? You're, like, suddenly fucked. What if it turns out that the Americans high-tech actually know in secret the location of where all your nuclear subs are at all times and can just go take it out? 
what if the Americans have systems that can deactivate these nukes remotely? It's like, America, it really just America, but NATO uh, is so, well, America, just America, is so far ahead technologically of where these other countries are, is that it, it kind of is. Well, also, they have a lot of experience actually fighting wars. They do, yeah. Maybe not yeah. necessarily yeah. winning wars, but they've been in at least one or two wars a decade since yeah. the First World War. Right. yeah. Or at least since the Second. Because there was, yeah, there was the First World War, there was the Second World War, there was Vietnam. No, there was Korea before that. There was, There yeah. was Vietnam. Uh, there was other conflicts in South America. Yeah. Although they weren't full-on wars. Well, no, but it was the guerrilla wars. There was Gulf, there was Iraq, yeah. there was Afghanistan. So there may be not... I mean, who like really wins a war? I suppose in the military really point, sense, actually. there might be a victor, yeah. but everyone loses yeah. in terms of fatalities yeah. and your know, casualties. So the Americans, you know, have have experience when they fight wars, mm-hmm. um, and the Ukrainians actually have really uh, been very oppressed. So they've always really been fighting war, even though it's unconventional. And Putin has not really underestimated the will of the Ukrainian people, but it comes at a huge price. With the fatalities, the casualties, the rapes, the deaths, the traumas. Um, it does, yeah. And actually, looking at uh, the cost of war in terms of human life and trauma, um, a Russian province, um, the Republic of, I think, Dagestan, has uh, having funerals every week since That's March. That's crazy. Multiple men. Um, either they have joined up or they were already part of the army because yeah. that province doesn't have a lot of prospects. In fact, probably outside of Moscow and St. Petersburg, life in Russia probably isn't very easy. So, you know, a lot of them joined up. A lot of them wanted to, a lot of them didn't. The ones that survived, a few of them have come back and killed themselves, mm-hmm. hung. Um, but the reporter that was there said you would just bump into a funeral procession. Because it's just small, you know, towns, so they all join in and they walk with the coffin. Because uh, they're all so very um, expressive in their sure. grief there. Yeah. Um, they're Muslims, so they're very expressive in their grief. Although not all, not all Islamic cultures are expressive in their grief, but, but they, share they are. And, you know, yeah. they wail, the women wail. Um, they thump their chest, so they are very expressive. That's um, so tough. Like, yeah, there's a disproportionately high amount of men from there that have been sent off because it's the closest province in Russia the, next yeah. to Ukraine. Uh, a disproportionately high amount of men. Young, young, most of them under the age of 40, leaving yeah. behind families. Um, Do you know what's And that's it. That's yeah. it. Um, sad as well because you'd expect these kind of border communities to be so close like you yeah. closer culturally to each other and realistically should be kind of getting on like it's I should remember that was a part of the narrative at the start of this that some of these like the border was so porous that actually a lot of these people were quite good friends like I say in fairness as well these regions probably would vote to join Russia Overall, um, they yeah. are overall like I don't think at ninety eight percent. Obviously, that's insane. But that but is that what the Russians are saying? That's, that's unbelievably saying, high. Yeah. Bear in mind they're going door to door with guns and ballots. But actually, in a fair, I think a fair vote, most of these regions, I think probably would like they do. They seem very pro Russian before the war as well. And I say the I east of Ukraine okay. has always voted more um, 
kind of pro-Russian candidates into <laughs> into office. Well, Crimea was annexed and taken and officially now as part of yeah. Russia. Yeah. These other regions where there's fighting and there might be Ukrainians who do identify with Russia inside with Russia, but I guess we don't really know because technically they do live in Ukraine. That's right, yeah. I yeah. don't really know enough about that because probably if you did a survey, some would be very passionate about it, either for or against it, and others might be quite indifferent. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But also these referendums, I don't know how, how legit they are because it's weird because in Russia, it doesn't seem that they have a culture of justice or fairness, yet they have a culture of a lot of... <laughs> yeah. bureaucracy yeah, yeah so yeah. why after this war and the land grab That's would they want point. to legit it through this sham referendum <laughs> where they're going probably from door to door uh, yeah with right. an ak-47 right. and a ballot yeah. i mean it's like i don't i i mean it just goes from bad to worse to horrendous to hellish to nuclear option and putin has said several times that he's not bluffing but if people keep saying they're not bluffing and they don't do it but that's then can they take <laughs> yeah that's a bluff but can we take that chance because he does have access to nukes and he's a dictator he's got ultimate power so i have to say on on this issue i, I genuinely don't think i think it's more likely that putin will use a nuke then it is likely that that nuke being used leads to an all-out nuclear war between Russia and the West. I, I think there is some chance that he'll use a very small weapon, and nuclear weapons can be incredibly small, with very little fallout and very little long-term consequences. Or like, I think a lot, of, a lot of people get confused between... like They conflate nuclear weapons and nuclear reactors. They see nuclear reactors kind of melting down and putting a lot of radiation out in the area being uninhabitable for, you know, however many decades or centuries or even millennia. Um, but nuclear weapons are, like, outside the initial kind of blast radius. Even if you're directly downwind of the fallout, staying inside for um, a few hours and kind of after two weeks... 99% of the radiation has decayed away. So even if you're like in the worst affected parts for the fallout zone, if you can stay inside and stay away from kind of the dust and whatnot outside, you're probably fine. And where the the fallout falls is typically outside the blast radius anyway. So a very small... And this other thing, back in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the vast majority of people in both those cities survived, even the long-term effects a lot of people died. I'm not saying it was a nothing incident. But, but there would have been a lot of people that would have been sick, though. There and were. Maybe but they could have lived quite a long time, but they were ill. I believe it's about 30% of the population died of either radiation sickness or the That's bomb itself. High. 30%. It is high. It is high. But it's not like 100%. Like that, A majority lived long lives afterwards. Well, if they had bombed them with a bigger nuke or with more nukes, then probably they would have Do you remember the story of, of that chap who was got bombed in both of them and lived till his, you know, he, he was a businessman? How did he end up 
getting bombed. Yeah, so Wait, in... so they didn't bomb them in the same day? No, no, they were a few days apart. So they bombed so Hiroshima. He, he was in the bombing. Right? Yeah. And he went no. back to Nagasaki. And Imagine surviving yeah. two nuclear yeah. bombs. Yeah. You're kidding. So two nukes. They've, they often talked about him being the only man to survive two nuclear He must have bombs. been really lucky. Well, I'd heard some... Okay, but just say there's, there were probably more people that were just never found out did that trip because there were two but he cities. became known yeah so he went from bombsite a to bombsite b survived the bomb people have asked that like is is he the luckiest person or the unluckiest person like it's, I would say he's damn lucky because he escaped to be that nuked twice yeah well to be nuked twice to be that close and... well not only did like he survive both <laughs> but he also didn't get sick no that's what i mean the, the vast majority of people <laughs> in both cities didn't even get sick from 30% it 30 percent's quite high also you're right. bear in mind you're right the also, a lot of people would have gotten sick long nope. term. You're quite right. And their quality of life would have dropped. You're absolutely right. I get that. But I do think, I, I genuinely, I do think that most people think of, say, a very small nuclear weapon used in, in Ukraine being a kind of end of the world. Like, they've got fears of, like, those movies about nuclear war and whatnot. And I actually think that even if it was used, I genuinely think that probably the West wouldn't respond to it i think they'd probably be more interested in coming to a negotiation and talking about it and i think the far more likely outcome is it would be a settlement with the kind of land of the border i also think the west could take out most of russia's you know kind of military around the area oh, well, they, go they could completely they yeah but then again imagine that doesn't you can even ask if that's proportionate though like imagine imagine russia nukes like a fucking area of farmland you know where like the casualties are like 50 sheep and it's like the fallout, you know, maybe two people die of fallout. And like, there's this like, you know, it's like, is that, you know, how are they going to feel? If they've done that just to threaten and show, look, we can do this, an area well away from everywhere. And then you go and destroy, you know, $50 billion worth of, say, Russian naval power. It's like the Russians would probably argue that's not, that's not fair. It's like, that's not an equivalent. And you've got to be careful. Like, I actually think the point is a nuclear weapon used in Ukraine could be a big thing, a massive thing. It could also be relatively small with very little consequences long term. And I think you probably have to know which it is before you respond. Like If they hit Kiev and kill half a million people instantly, then, yeah, I guess wiping out their entire military is justified. Yeah, because a justification If they becomes, literally launch it in a fucking farmland. More land, of a red line. So yeah. Because the line's been yeah. moved then. Yeah more people can be killed and you justify because that's been done yeah. back. I mean, the blast radius of these small weapons can be, you know, far less than a kilometre. Um, you could have a, a situation where literally no houses are even destroyed launching it. Ukraine's a big place. Like, if they're doing it just to make a threat and to prove, it's like, ah, it's maybe not just, like... <laughs> And I've actually seen NATO and I think the West distance themselves a bit from Zelensky and NATO joining in recently. I've also seen Cause Zelensky... NATO, yeah, because the countries Zelensky don't went, really want to... Zelensky went full on when Putin declared that. I think Zelensky went off script and he said... Yeah, um, he's getting desperate now. He's getting really desperate. And he said, um, we're going to apply for NATO. And he's basically calling for nuclear war to get this ended. He's like, let's stare down this nuclear threat. Well, not nuclear war, but he's, he's staring down this nuclear threat and he wants that Russian land... He wants that land that Russia's saying is theirs to be 
he wants America to be making the same threats as Russia that will use a nuclear weapon if you don't give it back, kind of by joining NATO. It's like, you don't really get to say that when you're not a member. And it's like, normally when dictators start, I know he's not a dictator, but in, in the past, when dictators start to go off script, that's when they start to have problems. Like, Saddam Hussein was a big friend of the West until he went off script and did shit that we didn't approve of in Kuwait. Um, and he went off script for a while and the West didn't really do anything. And, they didn't and then care. suddenly yeah. the 9-11 thing happened. This is it, yeah. Although Saddam in Iraq didn't really have anything to do with 9-11. It's funny, that one as well. <coughs> I mean, like, I don't think that they really were linked to it, right? No. But just to say, you might actually find that the West starts to distance themselves a bit from Ukraine and Zelensky, and they might have different goals about what's acceptable here. Yeah, although I think Zelensky at this point, yeah. actually, I suspect that he thought it wouldn't get this far either. So I now he's desperate so, yeah. and he's clutching yeah. at straws, and he now doesn't really have a vision. He's just reacting to things. Yeah, right. He's like, yeah. we just need to do as much as we can. Also, he's been under high stress for, you know, eight months now. Like, the, the high st- I know well, the war begun in March officially, right? It was, but... So that's quite a long time. We're almost at the end of the year now. People don't make the best decisions when they're, like, no. Their central nervous system is that level of stress well, that no, but the thing is though, you still need to make decisions right. when your central nervous system is affected and you're very stressed out, particularly if you're head of state. So he needs to make this regardless. And yeah. to be honest with you, I don't blame him. Like he's probably actually, I was very surprised that his wife even attended the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. I forgot. I was that. quite surprised. Yeah. I mean, of course he couldn't come. Yeah. Just imagine if, like, Vlad came and they were sat beside one another. There would have been a bash-up at the funeral. Right. Although, Putin did say that he couldn't come, but he wasn't extended an invitation. So. Was he not? No. Was he actually not no. given an invitation? Although, he beat them to the punch and to he say, did release and right. say, Oh, I, I can't, can't come. It. But obviously, <laughs> he can't come. He's fine at war, yeah. but equally, they could possibly have invited him. To be honest, because it was the quite Ukrainian nice what were so I can't remember what he said, but it did. It was quite humble. It's like. Yeah, how the death of a 96 year old monarch could, you know, bring yeah. even Putin to the fray and go, oh, you know, yeah, it's kind of sad. The thing is, uh, I think most dictators um, would, and actually do kill, obviously, but for. They would, they would give anything to have. The, the kind of the send off that she got yeah the sentiment from her people that, that but they did. won't get genuine sincere sentiment from no, her because yeah, yeah. dictators rule by fear this is it and uh, you know he is forcing his own men to yeah. go there and fight and the ones that are kind of like just like sheep heading to the slaughter and the rest <laughs> of them are you know maybe sheep that are running the opposite direction yeah. away from it you know it's not really I don't know it's just it's kind of shit the whole thing's just honestly crap just For sure. bad. Um, I don't really I don't really know what to let's end it on that yeah, let's just end on that. Um, how will it all end? Let's end on that. You know, maybe one of these podcasts one day will be our last. Don't say that. Probably not. Probably not. That means you'll be Almost radioactive zombies. I'd love that, though. You and me, zombieing up together. Uh, yeah. We'd have our own wee zombie cat. <laughs> zombie cat? The cat would be... We make like a, a kind of Twitch live stream of our house. It'd be like a sitcom, like <laughs> the, sitcom. the zombies family. <laughs> the zombie family. <laughs> <laughs> you and me and the cat. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Bye from Cat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Alley Cat at Bampot Pod. Check us Check out. Check us out on Twitter, Twitter. at Bampot Pod. Point.
Rock and okay. roll. Okay, rock and roll. Bye. Bye.